Just in and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell, starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. about the story of Final Fantasy 7 and how it was made, but we forgot the story of Final Fantasy 7. Oh shit. That's right. It's part 2 of our Final Fantasy 7 rundown. I am your wizard Jake Young and I'm your bruiser Hold McNeely and Megan hit it. Yeah, this song rocks. Yeah, it does. This song plays during the most intense boss fights. Yep. But my favorite thing about it, do you know the title of this track? <laughs> uh, I do because I'm looking at the YouTube clip, but do you, but you, you tell it to him. Still more fighting. <laughs> it is a badass, like a funky kind of jam. It's like a cool, It's it kind of takes you by surprise with that electric guitar and everything and like a Final Fantasy game. This it's is the cool. official soundtrack of spamming Omni Slash with Countermine for <laughs> infinite damage. Now, so we have a little bit of an update, Jake. You have actually attempted to play Final Fantasy VII on your phone. Um, I know you said you didn't get far, but what, what have you uh, encountered? I have encountered the fact that the iOS port is glitchy as hell and will oh, yeah. crash randomly, making me replay several segments over and over again. Oh, uh, no. I finally understood a lot of frustrations that people complained about this game. Uh, even with the touch controls being a factor, there is a lot of, like, weird jankiness with the, uh, like, the navigating the pre-rendered backgrounds with your, like, cardboard shoebox people. So have you... All right, on the actual game itself, if you hit the select button... It, a little finger comes up. A little finger comes up, and little red arrows show you the places you can entrances and exits. Ah, that helps. And that will help hugely in your playthrough. But there will are it still- help with the fact that uh, when you're climbing up the tower to, or sorry, when you're climbing climbing up the wreckage to get to oh Shinra Tower, God, and the, the text worst. box says hit the hit the rope when it's closer to you. Yeah, but it actually means hit it when it's coming closer to you. So yeah. like the entire time you're just trying to hit it at the exact moment that the instructions tell you and you keep falling over and Man. over and over again so you have to go onto a fucking game facts like it's 2002 all you over just, again you immediately pointed out one of the most frustrating <laughs> moments in the entire game and when you got to Shinra Tower did you decide to go through the front door guns a blazing or did you decide to run up the stairs for five straight minutes doing the research someone told me to uh, or doing the research it was it was considered that the 
stairs is actually a more fulfilling character moment. Uh-huh. Uh, the most popular one for hardcore nerds was like, fucking man, I go up for two and a half minutes, get the elixir, run back down for two and a half minutes, then go through the front door because <laughs> I'm hardcore. <laughs> Dude, uh, that is uh, that that. Oh, part but if is you're rough. talking about Shinra Tower, that's the part where I had to replay it twice because the app kept crashing, and then I was just like looking at library books trying to guess a password. Yes, there's so many different flavors. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've done a lot of research. I've looked into what makes this game special. I, you know, just being a nerd for this long, I've like osmosis so much about this game I didn't make it out of Midgar <laughs> yeah yeah and, and that's that's all right now I was gonna say too you know going back from my personal experience I mean I remember that moment when you get out of Midgar um that was such an awesome moment because you're just kind of like that motorcycle minigame is so is fun so fun actually not bad better than the snowboarding <laughs> minigame which happens later and by the way yes there is snowboarding in Final Fantasy 7 and it comes at the weirdest time ever. It's like right after, I think it's right after disc two. I think it's like, I don't know. Anyways. Oh, no, no, no. You're getting over your the blood death. of, of Eris, and the only way and out is through your 1080 SSX tricky skills. So funny. Yeah, that's true. That is actually true. I loved the snowboarding, though, back in the day. It is hilarious to play that again. Um, man, there's so many weird like mini games that I forgot about. Did you? You haven't? You, oh, you didn't have to do the marching. You didn't have to when you're you dress up as a Shinra soldier and you have to like get in line with the people marching and it's impossible and it sucks and you I always fail out of it and everyone's just like boo boo look at that horrible soldier and you have like a popularity rating mm -hmm. and it's just this impossible shitty mini game that just like relies on how bad it is to like line everything up I'm immediately complaining about the game and I should be gushing about this no game. no no it's fine I was looking at uh, end game content because I really wanted to like you know because the game ramps up so much in terms of scale yes like it's, it's almost huge. like a para it's it's like a it's an exponential curve where it's like the entire city's being destroyed. Just kidding, the entire country's being destroyed. No, just kidding. Jupiter just blew up. Yeah. Like, it is insane. And these ancient, like, kaiju <laughs> monsters yeah. just awaken from the earth. There's like a badass kaiju monster cutscene with the uh, emerald weapon, I believe it All is. All the weapons. Yeah. When they're fighting the Junin cannon. Yes. Like, it's it's just a it's just a roller coaster of scale. But then, like, I found there was another mini game where you're Tifa and you have to, like, hit buttons to struggle out of a gas chamber. Yes. And I'm just this whole time and they're still making jokes. Okay, let's start at the beginning. So, yeah. so uh, let me, uh -huh. so let me let me just let me just try and cuz is Gaia is the planet. Gaia is the planet. There is a life force called the life stream. It's a flow of spiritual energy that gives life to everything on the now, planet. Now, is the life stream Mako or is Mako a different thing? Its processed form is known as Mako. So, essentially what's going on is this evil electric power company called Shinra is processing this life energy and turning it into Mako so that they can have their big shitty city and their and all their big fun money. Avalanche is an eco so wait, is So what's materia? Materia, ooh, uh, materia is fuck. I don't I don't have like a good exact definition on materia. Actually, I think materia it's also from the ground is maybe a, a, a refined version of the life stream. But no, I'm but, not really sure. But materia is your magic, by the way. Materia is what you equip on a practical level. A tier, materia is what you equip into slots to do your spells and different things, it's, and also it's more buff than spells. you. It's yeah. like skills that were assigned to individual classes in uh old final fantasy games like the you know the, I, i'm trying to remember like the the knight class could like 
absorb damage for other characters. Yes, yeah. The the healer class, you know, the white mage can do all these uh, healing spells. Uh, the thief can steal stuff. You know, there was all these very select things, but now you can just make like a healer thief counter yeah, ninja and, and tank. Final Fantasy VII was the was the game where they essentially took the reins off of the class system and just said, "Hey, any of these characters can hold whatever materia you want them to." I mean, they're all mages. You know, they're all like they have some spe- the, Their main specialties exist in the limit break, and the limit break is when they sort of essentially, I believe. It, it has to do with, like, how much you get hit and stuff, essentially. But um, uh, it builds up this meter, and when you get your limit break, they do a unique special move. And that, and that you have four different limit breaks, and um, the uh, each limit break is kind of on a leveling system, is on a leveling system. But the final limit break, you have to actually go and get. You have to get everybody's final weapon in the world and get everybody's final limit breaks. Everybody's final limit breaks and weapons are essentially their own special side quest that you have to do at the end of the game. Summer is easy as you learn a song on a piano in a flashback and then you just got to go back to that piano in its current fucked up state and play that song on the piano and you'll get like I believe Tifa's either final weapon or limit break I can't remember which one other ones though are like you have to go through these like giant massive you know entire areas and get them at the end the battle arena is such a cool thing that's where you get um I believe Cloud's final limit break, not his, no, yeah, because you get his final weapon by defeating one of the weapons. Um, so is so how much Mako makes a Genova cell? Oh, please, <laughs> please! I, or, now, did the Cetra make Mako? I didn't know Mako? I was going to get grilled. I didn't know I was going to be on the hot seat. This plot goes in so many. It goes in so many places. Okay. So Avalanche is an eco terrorist group. Now here are some of the main players. Right, there are the Turks. The Turks are like. Kind of like Shinra. I don't know FBI. if we can explain this. I don't I, oh, know if, yeah, we'll I don't know if human words can convey in an hour all the shit that happens in this game. Well, it is a seventy plus hour game essentially. I think uh, for Lexi Loves Game Night, I had Lexi, my lovely non gamer fiance, play through all of this game as it was my favorite game from my childhood, and we got done in about in like sixty five hours. But I think without a guru there, it's going to be seventy plus hours. And if you want to defeat Ruby Weapon, which we'll get to in this episode, it's going to be the clock's going to stop at ninety nine. I say we got to slow our roll and just kind of like if you've already played the game, let's like talk about the cool shit and kind of like look back on it. Fondly. And if you haven't played the game, I feel like our sweaty thing being like, and then they went to the Wu-Tai Nation. The Wu-Tai Nation had yeah, material, yeah. and then they got conquered by the Shimon Corporation. Now, the Shimon Corporation was split into three distinct... Now, <laughs> I will not be going through every single, like, visit that they take, but I will say this. There's an elite Shinra fighting force called Soldier. Um, they're using oh, Mako... Oh, that's where the Turks come from. They're right? using Mako to enhance humans. I do believe Materia comes from the life force, comes from all the Earth magic, because Sephiroth, you find out later, uh, he's trying to find the black materia. So, we'll, and we'll get there in just a second. So, Cloud is a, a on the outset. Cloud is introduced as an ex first class member of Soldier. That means he's like a fighting elite. All right, he's the equivalent of like uh, SEAL Team Six in exactly. this world of magic. And exactly, Native American. And his childhood friend is Tifa, and she is working for Avalanche. I believe that's kind of how he ends up with Avalanche. You don't really know Cloud's past is cloudy at this point. Um, and so Tifa, and you also meet Barrett, the uh, big oh, racist stereotype uh, with a gun for an arm. Here's the thing, like, it is such a, like, what's amazing about Barrett is the fact that, like, 
at the time, I'm talking the like the pure like innocent era of 1997. Barrett wasn't racist; he was cool. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone thought Barrett was cool for a, for a character in a JRPG to be this like Mr. T, Will Smith, just kind of like like angry, like no nonsense character who cursed in a video game. Which was nuts for me. Super nuts. Super nuts. Super nuts, super cool. And sometimes he actually said shit. Sometimes it would be the ca- cartoon or comic yeah. book, like pound, question he mark. Said, damn, he said shit. Yeah, he, would, but he like, would say actual shit. He would literally say shit and damn and stuff. But like now when you're watching, like when you're playing it now, it's just like, I don't give a damn what your shit said. <laughs> like yeah, it's yeah. so like, what are you, what are you talking fool like yeah. it's like it's all this like mr t like it's it's a it's a version of like black coolness that is so out of touch and so out of so sync. then i'm also just gonna lump in the um controversial uh kind of there's this weird gay gay stereotype stuff there's a moment when cloud has to cross dress when you to, say a moment you're talking about the first 20 minutes yeah, of the yeah. game oh you're uh oh, with barrett or with the gay stereotype stuff oh 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 i'm sorry oh i'm talking, about, talking when, about the barrett date I'm, I'm just i'm also gonna throw in that because we're going to talk about the controversy now so um there was this moment where like yeah the cloud cross-dressing stuff i think is kind of hilarious did you actually when you played with alexi did you go through all the extra hoops to like get the you know the diamond tiara and all we tried yeah you gotta go around and there's a moment where you're in like a bathhouse with a bunch of gay guys and they sort of molest you they sort of molest you also at the gym where you're doing squats yes that is an awful mini game there's like a like it's weird how like you're supposed to read these tiny i'm gonna call them shoebox people a lot of people call them like doritos people the low poly overworld sprites but uh, there's just like this Harvey Fire scene that's like, uh, yeah, you look good, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we went through all that stuff. And um, and this is, of course, so you can uh, sneak into a brothel yeah. where it's a terrible brothel because all that seems to happen is a mob boss just kind of picks a random girl every night and then throws the rest to a I was that was I was in a dress running away from a bunch from a room full of rapists that were yeah. all just like reaching out towards me it's being like rough. come on why don't you dance a little it's pretty rough it's 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 uh it's dated to say to be not to be kind they got a lot of heat for that all right now kazushige nojima had this to say about it I don't want to talk about this too much in too much detail. This is, by the way, from that Polygon article. But personally, maybe I didn't put enough thought into the, in brackets, black and gay stereotypes, into how they would be received. I kind of learned from the reaction I got, especially with the racial discrimination. I wasn't very aware of what I was depicting in this scenario, and it wasn't until someone told me about the criticism that I became fully aware of what I was putting into the story. And Nomura actually blames the localization and the translators. Now, that has been the source of a lot of discussion. So now uh, what's said is because they didn't put very much money, like, at all into the localization translators, Mm -hmm. apparently. Um, They just rushed it really bad. And so it's kind of been a lot of kind of give or take on like how much of that is actually from the, you know, Japanese and how much was just kind of like, oh, look at this big black guy. Oh, the big black guys talk like this, like some. And by I mean, if I and was, that, I'm quoting like the one dude they hired to do the localization translation. If I was, I'm going to I'm going to I mean, there was a lot of translation errors. I think one of the classic ones are like this guy are sick. Yeah. Uh, again, I'm, I'm catching all the real early ones because that was the amount I played. 
But uh, if I was a Japanese pop culture nerd that like basically got a job at a video game company at age 21, like the only way I would know how to write a black character would be this just B.A. Baracus, Carl Weathers, Will Smith like yeah. guy. And that's what that's what Barrett is. He's just <laughs> this omni. Also, uh, Barrett really loves uh, ineffectually waving his gun arm at things while machine gun noises. Yes. Happen. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and he's got like his the- daughter. Marlene. Yes. Marlene, sweet Marlene. And you were like blown away by that whole side story with Marlene's crazy real dad. And that whole situation was was uh, bananas. We talked about that a little bit in the last episode. So, so Holden, uh, mm-hmm. how do you feel about Cloud as a main character? Um, I mean, I, you know, especially uh, when I first played the game, I like loved Cloud as he the main cool character. He does cool flips. He had He's this very kind of cool. like, I don't care. I just want to get paid. He's got cool hair. Um, I think I also loved, I mean, okay, so this is one of the crazier plot elements, um, that we can get into, but Cloud's not actually the soldier that he thought he was. Cloud finds out that he's actually stole the identity of Zack, who is the real, uh, elite soldier that used to, um, travel around with Sephiroth. Cloud was just like a run of the mill, normal soldier, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and he finds out that like... All this crazy traumatic shit went down between Cloud and Zack when they, like, tried to stop Sephiroth, who was um, essentially trying to, like... Uh, yeah, and, and those are images. Zack gets his own game eventually, and we'll talk about that. Oh, but so but Cloud... That you're trying to untangle this is going to be insane, because this version of Cloud's origin story is, like, the third version of the origin story. Yeah. Because first it's like, oh, I'm ex-soldier, da-da-da, and then, like, Sephiroth comes in and fucks with his head and tells him, like, no, you're not. You're, like, this fucked up thing. And yeah. then Cloud's like, no, that's impossible. And then, like... And then, like, there's more and more revelations. Like, nobody in this... Throughout so much of the game, you're working with unreliable narrators, and they just pull the rug out from you. Switcherooing you at every turn. And And you don't trust the game halfway through the game ever again because they kill off your, you know, your love interest. So there's just no way to trust anything that's happening in this game at any point. So, uh... But anyways, um, so we also have to talk about Hojo, which is the kind of the mad scientist that's taking Genova, which is like sort of this um, <laughs> alien, would we say Genova is? Or, or so, uh, <laughs> what is, you know what? I've never actually understood what Genova was. So many. Okay, so this is where things get like really dumb. <laughs> is <laughs> I was in the Shinra building and, you know, you're like, uh, you meet Red 13 yeah. and Aerith. And Hojo is like, I'm going to make the lion fuck the lady. Which is fucked. <laughs> Super fucked. And the then, lion being red, red 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's like a little, uh, it looks like kind of the sphere that Akira was held in, in Akira. You know, lots of tubes and yep. like mist and refrigerants. And you poke your head in and this headless woman with eyeballs for nipples yes. is in there and Cloud starts freaking out. It's awesome. That's such a fun moment in the game. And uh, cool it turns out that they uh, they had a they had Genova, but just her her body, not her head. And yeah. Genova was an ancient alien mutant freak that came to the planet during the long ago primordial times mm-hmm. and attacked the Cetra. Yes. Now the Cetra is what Aerith is. All right. So Aerith 
uh, who uh, Cloud meets uh, kind of right after his first terrorist attack with Avalanche. They blow up a make a reactor. It was his second terrorist attack. Oh, uh, second one. I and was very amazed how much terrorism happens. Happens <laughs> right up top. And so he's running away from like Shinra, essentially from like the Turks, and he runs into this flower girl named Aerith. You find out she is one of the fi- sole remaining survivors. The, she is the, the sole remaining survivor of the Setra, this this ancient sort of spiritual nature race. Or I'm going to call them fantasy Jews. Okay, yeah, we can call them fantasy Jews. Um, And so she is valuable because she can, like, lead Shinra to a giant, like, ancient well of materia (laughs) and makeup. Megan, how are we feeling thus far about this conversation? Can you... Is any of this registering? It's they can't. I'm I'm trying. This is Sisyphusian. (laughs) This is pulling up all these pictures so I I can try to follow along. It's it's the thing. It's not about. It's to draw it as a straight line. We we're not. Let's let's. I I say we got to go character by character. How we feel about them. I feel like so. Aerith, what is like? Honestly, I love Aerith. I never got it until I started playing, and like, yeah, no, like Aerith is. She is handmade to make like teens go like, I don't know, she's pretty cool. She's <laughs> super badass, but also like incredibly effeminate, sweet and effeminate. She um also the real fuck you on the part of Square in terms of killing her off is halfway through the game is that she's like totally your healer <laughs> so like not only are you just like into her w- wanting to put her in your team and 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 level her up and everything because she's like the, clearly the love interest c- therefore clearly like a big part of the story she's also really they're really kind of pushing the whole like her limit break is a big healing limit break they really kind of push on you like this is your healer and you're playing a Final Fantasy game and when you're playing a Final Fantasy game you always have a healer in your party so like they really throw you for a loop um, by making that choice but yeah she's really cool it's really you know having this like another fun kind of switch you do is like having this very ground like I guess grounded is the word uh, kind of terrorism a- plot like against this big bad corporation and then having her kind of be introduced to me like no 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 she's the first seed that there's like way more going on here than just like battles between anti corporate organizations and corporate organizations and, and and that part is great too but she's also like kind of the manic pixie dream girl yeah, of the of that. the plot because like when you meet Cloud he's like super serious and like you know standoffish and the first thing you do when you meet Aerith is you basically go on your cross-dressing adventure which is like pretty much every single like indie films like come on leave your comfort zone everybody wants to live are you saying without Aerith Gainsbourg we we wouldn't have Zoe Deschanel I'm saying Aerith (laughs) is the Zoe Deschanel of Final (laughs) Fantasy 7 she teaches you to let go and love yourself and uh and meanwhile, the game constantly pits like uh, Tifa and Aerith against each other. You have to choose between them constantly. And apparently there's like a metric where like uh, I didn't actually get to this part, but you go on a date with one of them depending on your choices up until that point. Yeah. Oh, or you can go on a date with Barrett. And That's if you piss off. Real weird. Yeah. And it's real strange. So when I was when I was a kid, Tifa is slamming, by the way. 
I literally like I had never really gone into anime before. I had never really gone into like anything. And just the sight of this scantily clad cartoon boob monster rocked my world. With gun arm with like fucking straight just like guns, not Brass in the knuckles, Barrett yeah. sense, but in the fucking she can punch the fuck out of a dude sense and it's awesome. It is super like as an and adult. Her, I feel like her boobs get bigger as the game goes on. Like I feel like <laughs> Oh no, oh, this is super real. Um so first of all, her tiny shoebox form has like gonzo boobs, which is weird because like it's like everyone else is like these childlike cartoon forms, and then Tiva's yeah. just standing around with these bazongos. <laughs> but in the CGI cutscenes, which I never really got to watch before, uh, they they animate the bouncing that, so that slider went up they, for those CGI cutscenes. <laughs> it's insane. It is insane that like and again these were the first attempts to make like serious CGI visual storytelling. Mm-hmm. And from day one they got the jiggles in. Isn't that visual? Good works job, is, Japan. Uh, Great job, fault, Japan. Though. Visual works, of course, the CGI animation studio that created the FMV cutscenes. Um. Okay, so Tifa rules. Ares, Aerith is great. You know, Barrett is a stereotype. Um, that now that now they're all together. And the main thing with Aerith is she can lead the way to what they refer to as the promised land and kind of like the life stream proper. And um, everybody wants to get that right because if uh, Shinra can get that. Um, they're gonna make oodles of cash, and they'll be they'll be good to go because that's what they need to convert uh, for their power plants. Um, and then also, you know that Sephiroth is um, looking for that. Now, the way no, you know that who is, is this. Sephiroth? Okay, so they break into the Shinra headquarters and they get captured. All right. Well, uh, they wake up with their cell doors open. This is a v- actually a legit, really cool part of the story when you're playing through the first time. They wake up, their cell doors are open, and you just see this like trail of blood, and you're like, "What the fuck?" So you follow the trail of blood, and this is kind of the moment when th- shit gets real. You follow the trail of blood. It's, I'm sorry, the shit didn't get real when you blew up a nuclear reactor <laughs> and then a corporation dropped a mile long plate of steel onto their cell. That was just like the opening bullshit. <laughs> this is like you go into this room, you follow this trail of blood, you go in this room, and you see that the president of Shinra has a katana just sticking out of him. And all of a sudden, Cla- I believe Cloud is like, holy shit, Sephiroth. And you're like, what? And then, like, you do this whole crazy. Did you leave? So you didn't do the leaving. The leaving Midgar sequence. Where you get in the motorcycle and the truck. And there's yeah. so. But there's like three boss fights, I want to say. There's like. All these sequences, you, right when you think you're gonna leave, because you get on the motorcycle, right, mm-hmm. and you do this really long like motorcycle mini game, um, which actually I kind of enjoyed that. I, as far as the mini games go, rank wise, that's like up there. But that's just a lot of that has to do with how bad the a lot of the other ones are. Um, you uh, get to the end of that, and you're like, oh my god, we made it. You like you like jump off this big ramp, and you're like, oh my god, I think we're finally out of Midgar. And then it's like, nope, you got to fight another crazier <laughs> boss, like this big giant rhinoceros on big like monster truck wheels. And it is a you know, it's pretty nuts. Um, so, anyways, when you finally do get out of Midgar and you see a world map for the first time, it is so cool because you've just, I mean, how many how many hours do you think you've put into this game? Uh, um, probably 
two or three when all is said and done, not counting like backtracking and stuff. I don't yeah. know. Oh, it's not a rhinoceros, it's just a big robot. I'm thinking of a rhinoceros. There, there's a different rhinoceros, but that is the boss fight. It's just this big robot with like giant monster truck wheels. So yeah, it takes hours and hours of time just to get out of Midgar. So you really feel like you've achieved this great moment. It's the same thing with, and you won't experience this yourself, but when you're looking at a three disc game, and like I want to say thirty hours, forty <laughs> hours before you finally see the Im- the still image saying "put in disc two, you're like, "Oh my <laughs> God, are you kidding? There are two more discs of this." Now the thing is, though, I would say the first disc is by far the longest mm. disc, and the third disc is essentially just like. Here's the final boss fight and like all the final shit you can do mm-hmm. essentially is what like the end. I believe when you start the third disc, you can actually go fight Sephiroth and like in the game if you want, or you could do all that extra side quest bullshit, um, now, which I recommend. Now, I, what makes Sephiroth so memorable and so cool that he is responsible for 80 percent of all instant messenger screen names in the 2000s? Now, that trail of blood thing I talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, that that kind of starts it off really well. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Super producer Megan, you are looking at a wall of cool pictures of Sephiroth. How do you feel about that? A little moist, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Is it his androgynous good looks? His kind of like esteemed, uh, you know, like kind of tired bad boy uh, expression? He has got fantastic hair. He's oh. got really cool hair. That's true. So when that happens, like I feel like every time you encounter Sephiroth, they do a really good job with the music. It's very minimal. You just hear like boom, 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 boom. Like it's very like you're like, oh, fuck, some real shit's going down. You're also – another reason why Sephiroth is so great is that they build him up to be like – If you're looking uh, if you're looking for Sephiroth music, you're just going to get one wing. Yeah, day. you're just going to get one wing. Day. Sephiroth. Uh, but you, uh, you don't know much about him and like most of the game – Especially in that first disc, but really kind of like the whole you're just game. Following, you're he, following him. You're constantly right behind him, and you're constantly discovering just little, a little bit more about how uh, powerful he is, about how fucking dark and mysterious he is. Um, they do a really good job, too, of giving him proper motivation what is, for wanting what, to become a god. That's that's the plot? Sephiroth wants to become a god? So essentially what he 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 finds out that he and then you find out that he is a pro, actually a product of Genova made in a lab. That he is actually Genova in a way. Um and uh the way that and like you know he had to go discover this on his own through his own research. He was just a tool of Shinra and Soldier to do whatever they wanted him to do. He finds this out that he's just this puppet um, by like oh, going into this like research room. That's like every eighties and nineties right? action movie is like, like I was following orders for a lie. Yeah. Well, now you're gonna die. Yeah, and that's the thing. So he's just that's like, like the Rock Commando, just like, and then like, and oh, okay. So right. he's like, this world doesn't even belong to me, you know. And I'm also like more powerful than everybody else, and fuck these people. So I'm gonna go try to find the black materia, and if I can uh, get the black materia, I think I what I wrote this down. Um, and then essentially, if he can get to the promised land and the life stream, he can like use the black materia to summon meteor. And if meteor comes, it will destroy the entire planet. 
um, or it will it will it will fuck the planet up so hard that the live stream will overcompensate to try to heal the planet, and he'll take that energy when it happens and absorb it all and become essentially a god. Which he kind of does, like, in the end, which is when you hear One-Winged Angel, and he's, like, literally, like, floating. Like, he looks like an angel at the end, and he's got, like, three wings on each side, and he's, like, like, on a cloud. And yeah, Uh, The, oh, God. Um, I did watch the Sephiroth fight, and when he does that attack where, like, math and biblical verses start flying everywhere. Yes, it's awesome. He he makes, you see the whole solar system, and it's, uh, you actually scroll past it a, a, a couple times. It's that... On the right, the purple. You see the uh, scroll up a little bit. That's his final form. And and yeah, oh, he's see, so he just, shirtless. He's so crazy looking. And um, yeah, he does this one move where he essentially summons like a fucking asteroid from a. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. It's like the two D version of it. He summons like an asteroid from the fuck, and you see it like through the whole go through the whole. So and you yeah, you see all this like Einstein fucking <laughs> quantum theory math fly by, and you're just like, what the fuck? Um, Is there ever been a Final Fantasy boss fight where like you? Actually- actually succeeded in stopping the guy from becoming god or do you always god. just have to fight god you just always have to fight a god because it always has to be the fate of the world and it's and so therefore it always has to and and like it's it can't just be a monster at that point you fought a million of those <laughs> so it's like all right here's a god um, uh, you've been journeying through 80 hours prepare yourself for yet another dragon and another part of it is like jenova's kind of his mother and like she was captured and just like uses a tool by Shinra and Hojo. Hojo is like a big, Hojo's. big part of this. And you find out that he Hojo's also like Sephiroth's dad. Yeah. No, Hojo does my favorite anime villain thing, <laughs> which is uh, whenever the mad scientist is cornered for creating genetic monstrosities, he's like, oh yeah, I know how I'll get out of this, and immediately injects genetic monstrosity juice into his <laughs> yeah, neck yeah. to become another genetic monstrosity. That boss fight is no joke. He's got three different forms um, and it is it is a real doozy. And Lexi, I believe, beat it on her first try, and I was so proud of her when but, she did uh, that. So he, so Hojo fucked over like Red Thirteen. He fucked over Vincent. So I was he about fucked- to bring up uh, the people we meet now, right? So you get Luke, out into the yeah. real world. Um, first of all, the first thing you do is go to the Chocobo Ranch, and it's like super awesome. Bam, and you get bam, a Chocobo bam, bam. and or a Chocobo, whatever you people need me to say, and um, that's really great. Uh, but you end up meeting, you end up going to, to meet Red 13 and his tribe. And, um, and it's kind of, that's where you learn about the live stream and everything. You go into this really cool observatory. This and, is the hippie town, right? Yeah. And you go into this, this like the, the canyon town. Yeah. And you go into this really cool observatory and the old man that like is like the elder of the town. He like teaches you all about the live stream and everything. And that's a really cool moment but the, in, so- in the game. This is the weirdest thing is that they keep trying to explain Mako and Materia and like make it like work. But like from the beginning, like from 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 text box number one, Barrett's just like, oh, the Shimmer Corporation stealing the planet's soul. Like, ta-da. Yeah, that's it. But like 19 times they have to be like, no, you don't understand. It's like actual magic juice. Yeah. And it it gets and, and like, oh, man, that whole live stream sequence with Cloud where you find out about like that. That is wait a bit too long and drawn out and by the time you get to that point in the story you're just like we get it the whole everything's fucked there's all these giant weapons and stuff anyways he meets red 13 uh which is a talking dog 
Um, <laughs> and uh, that tribe is, yeah, exactly, like a hippie dippy trying to protect the planet. And then they go to, and then you uh, go to, like, you end up going to Barrett's hometown. I think I'm doing this a little out of order, maybe? No, but then you go to Gold Saucer, which is the awesome, crazy casino. Um, and I love Gold Saucer, especially when I first got there in the game, because, like, all this time you're kind of dealing with this kind of heavy, dark stuff. Oh, also the whole thing with Red 13 and his dad. He thought his dad, like abandoned him or I believe or didn't like him um but then it was actually he was like turned to stone but the dad can still cry um that is actually a cool it's a really cool moment because like you know the 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 classic like nature shaman kind of trope that Red 13 is kind of fulfilling is like the wise old Indian but yeah. it turns out he's actually just like a teenager with daddy issues yeah totally um so then you meet Kate Sith at Golden oh. Saucer I before you send an email, I understand that, like, in proper Gaelic or whatever, it's like, cut shit. Oh, but, like, God, really? Fuck, no, it's Kate. We're saying Kate. I'm going to say everything wrong. And, I, by the way, I watched that dorkly animation video about the <laughs> pronunciation. Go, Nia Bahama. It's so funny. I'm Nia Bahama. I'm Nia Bahama. I'm the dragon. I, 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 I'm actually, I believe it's pronounced Bahamut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I highly suggest everybody check that out. That's like, really oh, that was, like, five years before I even showed up to work <laughs> out there. It is old. It is all, but it's very popular. It did, did very well. Um, so anyways, uh, Kate Sith is a fortune-telling robotic cat controlled by Reeve, which is like this oh, fucking Reeve, man. former head of Shinra's Department of Urban Development. It is a weird – Kate Sith is a weird-looking plushy doll thing. Um, that yeah, it's a weird thing. He's I, like a, a chronically obese Moogle that like yeah. has, that needs a rascal scooter at with Walmart. a little cat on top of his head that it's so bizarre. And um, uh, and I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit, but another like I thought so many of your characters just fucking rat you out. <laughs> yeah, another big uh, awesome twist that totally floored me when I first played the game was that he ends up being a total double agent and he completely fucking sells you and your whole team out. He ends up helping you at the end and everything's like okay or whatever, but he is like a total fuck bag. And I was pissed when I first played the game. I was pissed. Not, uh, I, 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 met, I, you know, because I, I just try to absorb as much as possible. Like, I feel like a fake nerd, but like, it is surreal when, when Katshik, uh, <laughs> Kate Shayuk, <laughs> um, betrays you because you actually can't really spare the character at the moment. So, like, it happens. Your little Dorito guy is staring at, at Kate Sith, and Kate Sith just goes like, listen, just, like, pretend this didn't happen. Like, it'll be less awkward that way. <laughs> <laughs> so you can still use him in combat. Now, I, and then they also meet Sid in Rocket Town. And Sid is... Um, the worst drawn of the original character sketches. <laughs> Sid is Everyone also, else is drawn like a cool anime character. And Sid is just like, hi, yeah. how you doing? <laughs> and he's kind of an abusive dickhead to his wife, which kind of sucks and doesn't hold up very well. But um, the story with him, he wants to be... He wanted to be the last or the, the rather the first human to make it into space and that whole side story about his failure um to do that is a really great moment a very emotional cool moment about uh you know 
people, you know, having a failure like that in your life, like like making your whole life about one thing and then having it not happen and what that does to a person. It's a cool fucking moment in the game. And there's a lot oh, of those wow. so like deep weird emotions in the game. What I mean, it resonates cuz like, you know, uh I, you know, growing up, I really wanted to have a successful podcast without holding. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just never meant to be. Yeah, and I was just like I I just really wanted to just like get naked and, and slide down a slip and slide. <laughs> and I know I could probably do that, but I don't know. I'm just like, I feel bad that I haven't. <laughs> I just like, I just like the, like you like on your daily runs, just like looking at a particularly slick grass hill and being like, what could have been? <laughs> um, so yeah, they finally catch up with Zebra. He's trying to get the black materia. Uh, we already went over that. And then Aerith ends up striking out on her own to stop Sephiroth. Because she had the materia for Holy, uh, which was yes. the materia spell that could cancel out Meteor. Yes. And if you played old Final Fantasy games, Meteor was like the most powerful destructive spell mm-hmm. for black mages, and uh, Holy was the most powerful healing spell for white mages. So like that's like a nice callback to the old games. So they end up going to, I believe it's the Temple of the Ancients. They end up essentially going to the Promised Land up in North Crater. And when they get there... They see Aerith is there. She's doing like a prayer to try to like stop Sephiroth, I think, using the holy. And they're trying to talk to her. And then Cloud hops in and uh, Sephiroth starts to control him uh, and try to get him to um, murder Aerith uh, himself. Um, Wait, and that is doesn't Temple work of the well. Ancients the temple that becomes the Black Materia, or is that a different... I think that, yeah, you're right. The Temple of the Ancients, I, I kind of caught myself there because I was like, wait, wait, no, they went to the North Crater. Temple of the Ancients is where they learn about the Black Materia, where they... Where they We're go- glossing over so many cool things, oh, like that the so dungeon itself is the treasure you're trying to find. Yes, like, and that is a very cool moment. Um, oh my God, and that wall alien, <laughs> the, 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 um, the boss fight that you have to do at the end of that sequence is so hard. And I remember, like, I had such a hard time. That was, like, one of my first big literal walls in a video game um, where it looks like not like the actual alien from, like, the Alien franchise, the Xenomorph. <laughs> it, like, looks like a Xenomorph, like, coming out of a wall. And it's it's very difficult. Um, so, anyways, uh, Sephiroth ends up killing Aerith. Now, we have um, – uh, I had Megan pull up because we actually do have a sort of – yes, that fucking thing <laughs> – so we have an actual the actual recording from Lexi Loves Game Night. I love this because um, I loved this game so much. It had such an emotional impact on me. And to play it, I don't know how many years later, 20 years later or something like that, uh, with you know the woman who I'm now uh, going to be married to uh, eventually um, at some point. I don't know when. We're going to go look at venues. It takes time, people. Just go to um, City Hall, man. Just get it done. Pull the trigger. Jake, please. Let's not talk about that. (laughs) So anyways, here is the uh, playback of uh, us reading the dialogue from that scene. (laughs) And and Lexi does not know. Lexi does not know that uh, this is about to happen. I refuse to believe that the Twitch stream (laughs) actually kept that secret the whole time. I don't want to use it. No, I'm not going to hit X. You're playing the game. No. <laughs> oh, this is when Cloud is like waving this his sword me. above her head because he's being controlled. Just do it. Just do yes. it. Yes. So she doesn't want to hit X because she thinks that's going to make Cloud kill Aerith. I'm trying to do really do bad vo- uh, VO work. By the way. Okay. By the way, it cuts to a blank screen because they actually oh don't God, let you stream the fucking it. scene, which is such bullshit. It's like, how old is this game? So you guys can't see it right now, but so Lexi, commentate. No. <laughs> oh my God. 
Uh, Sephiroth is coming in. <gasps> Don't. <gasps> I knew it. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. I knew it. So for all those of you watching it's just right dead now, silent. Sephiroth just dropped down from the sky and fucking straight up just tossed a sword right through. <laughs> and maybe you don't hear the song, yeah. Now this kind of like materia ball came out of her hair. Oh, that thing that I wanted. That's the holy. Yeah. <laughs> and then playing the sad music. Oh, yeah, you can hear the Yeah, yeah, down. the ball's going down. Keep hearing that, Lex. I can't talk, you Harry. <laughs> Why can't you talk? <laughs> and Ho-Ho is dead. Oh, my God. we named Aerith Ho-Ho after me because Lexi was Cloud. This can't be real. Don't, do not worry. Soon the girl will become part of the planet's energy. All that is left is to go north. The promised land awaits for me over the snowy fields. That's me being Sephiroth very bad. Shut up. <laughs> there I will be newly united to planet as will this girl cycle of nature and your stupid plan don't mean a thing oh it's gone you didn't say the words <laughs> <laughs> sorry I don't mean to laugh said ho ho will no longer laugh no longer cry I, I really like, like this says, What about writing. us? What are we supposed to do? This is good, though. You should keep going. You keep talking. <laughs> Say the words. Lexi's crying too much. My Aww. fingers are tingling. My mouth is dry. My eyes are burning. What are you saying? Are you trying to tell me you have feelings now? And it's this cool moment where... Lexi says, of course, what do you think I am? Where, where <laughs> it's like they're trying to stop the world from being destroyed, and then it's just like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> like, Sephiroth th floats up into the sky. I'm never going to hear this Lexi woman laugh again. Oh you know? You know, it's, you it's know, a cool moment. Sephiroth floats up you know what's dumb air. is when I was doing research last week, I was Just like, this is the, like, because... Okay, yeah, you can stop it. I, I, the, Outside the, of context. I was waiting for the one funny part where it pops up here and it, it, it the, the screen comes back because the, the moment's over. And it's like, and I just sort of like, so I'm like, and now you're in a boss fight. <laughs> and she just like walked into the bathroom and just like, she was so mad at me. And you can even hear, actually, here, can you play the, dial, the dialogue at just this next little bit here? Um, you don't have to go back. Just, yeah, yeah. Okay, now let's hit pause. No. Here's, <laughs> Because I pause um, it because she puts on a, a Lexicutioner hood. Right <laughs> 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 she just fucking puts the shit away. Just walks going? away. This is what they want to see. <laughs> Why are you leaving? She can't deal Don't. with it. <laughs> Why am I mean? <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> All right, anyway, you can stop it. It's just so. I felt like I was like, oh, no. she, she, you could hear her say, she's like, you tricked me. It's <laughs> like, and that's what the game did. I didn't trick her. It's, the game did that to us. It's it's amazing because uh, I also watched this scene with my current girlfriend, and uh, to laugh at how dumb it is in hindsight. <laughs> 
And uh, I was like, how is this the most formative, like, emotional memory for, like, 90% of nerds who grew up that's the same years as I did? And she just gets very quiet and uh, just, like, when the scene is over, just relates. And uh, when she was in college, her college boyfriend also showed her this scene in a sincere attempt to, like, show her <laughs> that he was, like, you know, an emotional man that cried. <laughs> <laughs> that's, an ama- that's amazing. So funny. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's good, right? I mean, it's honestly like her, obviously her like crying while reading the dialogue kind of makes it more impactful. But I mean, you know, that moment when when Cloud says like she's never going to like laugh again or like it fucking gets me. It still gets me like it's such a good, great thing, especially in a Final Fantasy game where it's just like we are knights and wizards and we're going to fight the monsters until they're dead. And then you just get to this memo where it's like, I don't even, I don't give a shit about that anymore. Because you just ripped from me this person. Like, I don't even care about saving. Like, fuck it, you. No, because this, it really is. Like, we can talk about the individual plot points as much as we want. But it is about the characters and the interaction and getting to know these, like, weird, broad characters in this world that becomes more and more fleshed out the more you engage with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nobody, nobody really, like, cares whether or not... You know, Cloud was enhanced with Mako or Genova cells or was cloned or whatever. Nobody really cares about, like, Dr. Gass's, uh, you know, secret journals. Right. Like, you can you can min-max however you want to, like, defeat the Omega weapon or whatever. Well, that's the thing. that Yeah. But it's more about just, like, kind of wandering around this world when there's a meteor in the sky and, like, seeing all these characters that you've grown to talk to just like get really sad because they think they're about to die. Yeah, and and the ending's really sad. And uh, I mean, we can kind of jump through. There's a lot of ins and outs. We talked about the the you know the weapons and everything. So like these uh, the sapphire ultimate uh, weapon. The ultimate weapon is what, where you get fi- Cloud's final weapon when you defeat it. It's just flying around the sky and you have to like find it with your airship, which is kind of a cool thing, and like get and get into fights with it over and over again. There's the diamond weapon, which is you have to. It's a boss fight that's in story. Then there's the emerald weapon. Uh, now these are the optional weapons. The ultimate emerald and ruby weapons are optional weapons. The emerald weapon is underwater and there's a time limit for the boss fight unless you go get an item to take away the time limit. Um, this is a tradition in uh, Final Fantasy games that there are these super optional bosses that are technically even harder than the in-plot final bosses. Which is like a gift for the for the real enthusiasts that want to more game, that want mm-hmm. to stick around and play more game. And then, of course, there is the notorious ruby weapon. So before I talk about the ruby weapon, though, I want to really quickly go over the summons. Just just that there's these part of one of the another one of the cool things in this game is that you know you get these this summon materia and you equip it it's nothing new in a final fantasy game but it was new for me and what was new about this final fantasy game with summons is that there were these awesome videos that would happen when you summoned a monster down and it would all it was like every summon was trying to top the last and how cool of an ass kicking they could give to whatever monster you were fighting so ifrit was really cool shiva this and that what the behemoth though was the really behemoth bahamut whatever (laughs) it is is right so it's this dragon that comes down right Mm -hmm. and fucks with a fucking godzilla mouth laser fucks Mm -hmm. your dude your your enemies up now the great thing is though there are three different bahamut's you end up getting and each bahamut is like way more (laughs) ludicrous than the last bahamut so there's bahamut neo bahamut and then bahamut zero and bahamut zero literally like cuts away to like (laughs) outer space it flies to outer space and shoots a laser (laughs) at the entire earth like it, it's insane. It's no, it like, looks like a railgun, like world-ending weapon of its own. It's 
bananas. Real early in the summons progression, you're just going into like the skies open, like the ground swallows entire characters. And this is again during an era where like polygonal, like polygonal graphics were very basic at the time. So seeing just such like grand spectacle, uh, like coming out of your home machine yes. was a narcotic hot nuts and it really felt like every they were always trying to just make it as crazy as they could make it and then um on top of that and then the final summons that you can get the most powerful summons is knights of the round the knights of the round is incredibly notorious i was blown away when i found out about this while i was playing you the game you basically needed to beat the game don't my, you my buddy pat was like uh, yeah, essentially you want to be going into the Sephiroth fight with Knights of the Round. It is like kind of, it's not like completely necessary, but it is kind of uh, super important. Every Knight of the Round table hits your opponent for like 13,000 HP. Um, it's, an, it's an incredibly way too long <laughs> cutscene. It is way too long. Um, and uh, you'll fuck Sephiroth up with it. But in order to get Knights of the Round, you have to breed Chocobos, <laughs> which is the weirdest shit ever. Well, you got to feed the, cho- uh, the Chocobos greens. You have to give them greens. You have to race them at Golden Saucer. And you have to, and then you have to get a male and a female together. And they have to be a certain class. You have to breed, You have to race them so they'll class up to A or S class. And then you have to feed them a nut... And then have them mate, and then hope for the best. And you want to, and so you're trying to get two Chocobo, two different Chocobos of a type to breed, and that'll make a green Chocobo. And then the green Chocobo can run over mountains, and you, then you need to breed for a blue Chocobo. And blue Chocobos can run over uh, water. But you what we, we you need to breed up to is a gold Chocobo because a gold Chocobo can run over anything. And there is an island way in like the northeast of the map. That contains um, that you can only get to on a gold Chocobo. And I swear to God, it's pronounced Chocobo. You are blowing my mind. Right, I, right? <laughs> I always said Chocobo, though. But this is me as a kid. Yeah, like, yeah. I have my own way of pronouncing things because it's all words. You're not hearing anything. So you find your own way to pronounce things, right? So, anyways, Chocobos. <laughs> Chocobos, Chocobos, you, you, oh, and you have to get a black Chocobo, and oh my god, it's a whole thing. So, th- do, you, I just, do you remember when your time was like, had such little value that you could do all this and be happy? You would be disgusted at how many times I've done this, <laughs> by the way. Because we did it with Lexi, we, we did, did it with- Did you do this during, when you were old, during years you were old enough to pay your own taxes? Um... Well, with Lexi, yes. Oh. With Lexi, yes. And I did it in college, and I'll get to that in a second with the Ruby Weapon. So anyways, you take the Gold Chocobo, you go up to that mountain, and you get Knights of the Round. Um, now, in order to beat the Ruby Weapon, it's like its own just 30-hour game. And what I did in college with my weed dealer was I sat down every day with him for hours on end, and, we and like, the amount of leveling up, you have to level everybody up to level 99, and you have to get every piece of material in the game, pretty much, and you have to put it all together in a very specific combination in order to defeat the Ruby Weapon. The Ruby Weapon is fucking almost invincible to the point where you essentially have to make yourself invincible. And by the way, this also involves using W Summon, which summons um, a summon four times. <laughs> <laughs> and guess what summon you're using? Knights of the Round. And and, and and then you have mime equipped, and you mime that W summon. And and so you literally watch this insanely long, drawn-out cutscene fucking, like, 16 times at least. It is is it makes it's ridiculous anyways that all said um i did defeat the ruby weapon and what's hilarious is when you defeat the ruby weapon you know what you get what do you get a gold chocobo hey the most useless thing to get 
at that point in the game, it is literally the biggest fuck you. <laughs> like, you don't need a gold. You have, obviously, you have a gold Chocobo, or you wouldn't even be fighting Ruby, Ruby Weapon, much less beating him. Anyways, um, so that's the whole deal with that. Um, what else do I have? I think, you I know. I think we got to go into uh, kind of the post-game the post game media. Okay, I'm just going to quickly talk about the related games because they all look like hot trash. There's Before Crisis Final Fantasy VII, which is a phone game that was like a shitty, weird JRPG phone game. There's Dirge of Cerberus Final Fantasy VII, which revolves around Vincent, which we didn't really talk about much. He's a vampire goth man who turns into Universal Studios there, monsters. There are a couple of optional uh, characters that can join your party. There's there's Vincent, and, uh, which is this vampire dude, which I thought was super cool. And he, he was is totally in my cool. party when I first uh, played the game. And there's also um, uh, Yuffie, which is this shitty thief, and she's such a <laughs> shit. Um, what? She is shitty. Yuffie? Is it Yuffie? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, she's just a shitty character. She's a shitty fucker. But, but, but you know, incorrigible and kind of, and kind of funny. Um, anywho, uh, the uh, Dirge of Cerberus uh, Final Fantasy VII is a third-person shooter set three years after the events of the original game, focusing on Vincent. Um, More Hojo drama in that It's one. real silly. It was rated really badly. And then there's Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII, which actually rated pretty well and is about Zach. Zack. It's a prequel, which is pretty much everything that happened between Zack, Cloud, and Sephiroth leading up to Zack's death and Cloud taking his identity, which is kind of an interesting thing to do. But then there's Advent Children, which is a full-on CGI anime film. And I actually saw it in college and was actually like, this is pretty cool. The plot makes no sense. It makes no sense. There's like baby Sephiroths running around that like want to get Genova cells to bring him back or do something crazy but the idea is in the aftermath of uh final fantasy 7 the life stream and all the mako energy just kind of got dispersed into the atmosphere and is causing a plague and uh basically it's just it's just an excuse to have like cool high-res versions of all these beloved characters doing all the cool shit from the games together i thought it was cool because the action scenes were really cool looking and there's totally like a really badass behemoth scene yeah um uh, so yeah, definitely and, and, better than Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Yes, for sure. Which I went and saw in the theater, and we're was gonna like, do we're gonna do a giggle flicks for that thing. I was literally like, "Where are the Chocobos?" Like I was, I was just like, <laughs> "Why aren't there mo- Moogles?" You know, like <laughs> they're in every Final Fantasy. How, why would you call this Final Fantasy? Anywho, um, and Visual Works did do the CGI for Advent Children, which is of course the CGI company that did the uh, uh, all the FMV cutscenes in Final Fantasy Seven. Um. And they brought on Nomura to write it. So that was kind of interesting. So uh, it was announced. I remember in college, uh, we were talking about it. The the, the word in the street, they were like, I think they're going to remake Final Fantasy VII. Dude, what would that be like? Because back then, even, it was still my favorite game of all Mm -hmm. time. Like, now it's kind of maybe probably Dark Souls. But back then, like, FF7, bar none, greatest game of all time, in my opinion. And so the talk was, are they going to do it? They're not going to do it. Are they going to do it? And we went back and forth. um, I mean, you can't really do an HD remake. Like, every time they release an enhanced version for PC or for PS4, literally the pre-rendered backgrounds, they don't have the source files for. So it's blurry as shit. So 
it was announced. Well, first of all, it was announced in E3 2015 that they were making a remake. But I believe the year before that, I believe it was at E3 the year before that, like they brought up the Final Fantasy logo. Everyone flipped the fuck out. And then they were literally just announcing that they were like putting up like a, a nice port to PC yeah. or something like that, like yeah, a yeah. special edition. And every you, I believe you could hear people go. Oh, <laughs> and I think that that was the final nail in the coffin where next year at E3 2015, they say they showed actually a pretty a trailer that made me like gave me tingles. Yeah, yeah. it was a really cool looking, totally updated um, uh, uh, look. Look at the uh, we brought up the imagery. Look at that fat faced wedge yes. in full fucking million polygon glory. Crazy looking wedge. And, uh, wedge. And, yeah, super, super. See, I new cried when Wedge died. <laughs> when they dropped a fucking mile long steel plate on him and everyone we Shit met. It was completely bananas. So, so uh, it's going to be episodic, and there's going to be changes to the story. They said they went with uh, episodic because they um, <laughs> they they wouldn't have to so they wouldn't have to um, cut any of the original content out of the game. Um, Sakaguchi said, with the announcement of the FF7 remake, I'm looking forward to it both as its father and as a player. If possible, I'd like to see a scalpel taken to not just the visuals, but the game mechanics as well, to create something that we re- we can become even more deeply immersed in. Um, it's, it's definitely going to be more like Final Fantasy 15 or really Kingdom Hearts, because they brought on um, Mitsunori uh, Takahashi from Kingdom Hearts fame. Um, and also like Final Fantasy 15, it's going to be that real-time action uh, with RPG elements like fusion thing um, that, that we've been seeing with a lot of these games, especially in Final Fantasy lately. Um, Nomura will direct it and handle the character redesigns, or he is directing it. Katase is acting as producer. He was the director on FF7. And Nojima came back to write the script. Um, and, uh, man, this has been... Apparently, they originally attempted to remake in the in the 2000s for the PS2, which is around the time we were whispering about it. And then there were a lot of rumors um, based on a tech demo for PS3 using Final Fantasy VII characters back in 2005. So now it's finally actually happening. It's going to be fully voiced. They're using a lot of actors from Advent Children, and it's being done with uh, Unreal Engine 4. Bitch! I mean, considering how long it's taken <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 to, like, maybe finally come out, yeah. and even that's still up in the air, Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I'm I'm not going to hold my breath just yet. I know, right? Uh, we'll see, but I'm definitely going to be playing all of it with Lexi uh, on Twitch, so <laughs> you can look forward to that in 2020 or whenever the fuck this game's coming out. Um, all right. I think I'm done. Have you I, have you expended all of your MP? I know there's more, but I have nothing left in me at this current juncture. So I think we for people that were eager to like get into just like the fan gush uh, last week, I feel like we satisfied their need. I have such a long history with this game. Um, you know, it's it's. I plan to play it with my children. Like it'll be this game. Conti- I've played this game. Like through in different periods of my life, it's like this one of those kind of markers. Like I think everybody has that that book they keep reading every five years or something like that. And this is one of those for me. I will, I will, I will. This game will always kind of be a part of my life. And it, and so I'm glad we could finally do an episode. And I'm glad we got to do two. Uh, I did not have as positive of an experience uh, with it. I think it's it's it can be very dated. I don't know if I would today enjoy but, it as much as you know. But uh, but if I did, was playing it for the first time. But it did make me nostalgic for 1997. Yes. When like I could the whole time I was like, oh man, this would have 
like made my eyes roll in the back of my head for it with how new and cool all every aspect of this and is. it's so long so it's like new and cool and and it keeps and it keeps growing and, and like be, and it, it keeps raising the stakes yeah and you just uh, yeah it was it was a uh, it was a phenomenal thing that happened when i was at, at the perfect age for it so yeah that's it i think that's our episode on final fantasy 7 part 2 and uh don't worry guys next week we will be doing final fantasy 13-2 Lightning Returns. Just you wait. <laughs> no, no, no. Next week we're doing all the other Final Fantasies in one episode just to <laughs> piss everybody off. <laughs> all right. You can catch me on Twitch, Holdenator's Ho, Jake. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Best Jake Young. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Leave a review on iTunes if you have the time. It helps us out so much in ways you don't even understand. Awesome. Hell yeah. Thanks, guys. Take care. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone. Plus, spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.